The MLB Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast Network presented by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. And welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast here in the Sports Gam Podcast Network. It is currently Sunday evening, June 25th, here to preview the games for Monday, June 26th. I'm your host for the episode, Scott Rochelle, once again joined by our own Delonte Smith. Delonte, how's it going with you? How's your weekend? Not bad, man. Uh, pretty good. Um, bitten bases today and over the weekend. So uh, look forward to this short, I guess, underwhelming car, but still some opportunity to make some money. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, it uh, should be fun. Uh, overall, though, I know a decent amount of games have already finished. The Nationals just beat the Padres, so there's one game left, which is the Dodgers and Astros game. And Mookie Betts, I saw, let off the game for the Dodgers with a home run. Feels like he does that all the time. But overall, just to ask, any brief takeaways from either yesterday's action or the weekend in general? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the um, Cincinnati-Atlanta series. I thought it was a great, great series. series. A lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it was a great series. Back and forth, like, if, if you like high octane, high level baseball, that was a series that you, that you wanted to key in on. And I think we touched on that uh, earlier in the week whenever we were covering that series. So I thought that was a, a really good series. Um, I'm trying to think of, I guess, the our Yankees, man, they they look good against um, – uh, well, Cole Rangers. looked good against yeah. – yeah, yeah, Cole looked good against the Rangers today. I mean, I couldn't say overall we looked good, but – uh, solid wins, man, against a solid team. So I, I was happy about that. Outside of that, not much um, takeaways. Uh, what about you? Uh, for me, I thought that the Cubs-Cardinals-London series was a, was a dud, to be honest. The game wasn't that bad today. I know the Cubs were up 4 nothing immediately and then blew the game. But I just didn't really feel much buzz around it for me. Maybe it's because my team wasn't involved in it, but I really didn't care. And putting a baseball game at 10 a.m. isn't really going to do anything for me. So I thought that the London series, which I understand is fun in principle, and I hope Malcolm had fun because I know that he went to the game on Saturday. But still, I just thought that it was kind of underwhelming, and I felt like it could have been either advertised more or maybe they could have had another game at 1 p.m. But I don't get the point of having a game internationally that's going to start at 10 a.m. Eastern. So it's 7 a.m. Pacific. Who in America is going to watch the Cubs Cardinals at 10 o'clock in the morning? I wouldn't watch it at, at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah, but I'm, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. But I mean, I guess it's good for those fans, uh, you know, uh, or whatever. Um, yeah, I didn't think no, I didn't think much of it. I mean, Strowman uh, got banged up today. I think he had a blister in his hand. Um, yeah. I mean, just I, th- I think it's more so, you know, like you said, marketing and then just an underwhelming, uh, underwhelming matchup. I mean, Cardinals are. Pretty much up and down. Cubs were on that win streak, but you know, cooled off since. But um, both teams are still yeah, below five hundred. So yeah, just I just think overall the matchup was maybe you know too underwhelming to I guess get behind and and market a lot more. I mean, a lot easier to market you know somebody like the Braves, the Dodgers, Yankees, of course, bigger names. But yeah, I think it's a little bit harder to market those two teams, especially how uh, how to play baseball right now. Yeah, I just thought it was worth talking about because I feel yeah. like a lot of people. We're blindly betting overs. I might have been oh, in yeah. the Saturday game, which didn't work out. Uh, but there were no home runs in the game today, which I thought was pretty interesting. But either way, point is, pretty decent series. Uh, the Sunday game was fun. But in reality, I thought that it was a little bit underwhelming for the grand scheme of things. Besides that, though, 
I saw the Mets blow a three-run lead in the eighth inning again because that bullpen's a mess, and the Mets find ways to lose games. I know Dylan's not on the show, uh, so <laughs> we're not going to get a Mets rant for a couple of days. But still, uh, any brief thoughts on the Mets? Should they blow the whole team up? What should they do? Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I know we're going to get into that uh, to that game. I actually, I might have to retract some of my uh, handicapping because uh, I kind of like them tomorrow against uh, against the Brewers. But I guess it's more so a bit against the Brewers than a bit on the mitts. But uh, yeah, man, they got to do something. I mean, highest payroll in baseball and just too inconsistent. Uh, I'm not sure if they're able to move. You think they're able to move like Verlander or Scherzer? Maybe both. Uh, probably not with those contracts. I, I don't think they're. For I mean, the somebody, record, it's, I don't, it's, it's I don't baseball. Think, somebody will take them. For the record, I don't think that they're going to blow the whole team up. I think the next move is obvious. They're going to fire Showalter. I, I mean, that's that's really just the ultimate failsafe, isn't it? If the team's not producing, what do you do? You yeah, fire the exactly. manager. You yeah, fire the then, manager, um, you fire the pitching coach, you fire the hitting coach, you do everything besides blame the players, and you hope they turn right. it around. But, I mean, they have a lot of big contracts when you have the biggest payroll. You're paying Scherzer a lot of money, Verlander a lot of money. They've both missed some time. You're paying Lindor a lot of money. He's batting 221. I know he homered today, but still. Uh, <laughs> did you, Alonso's did you been pretty that, good. Uh, the catch? Or the not-so-catch whenever he got caught in the, I guess yeah. the sun? He jumped up and missed the whole ball. Was yeah. Which was an embarrassing drop. That was I forgot which day it was, but that that, that happened a couple of times. That was Friday. It happened today too. It happened today yeah. as well. So he's been a bit of a mess. Alonzo got injured, uh, but he's back. He's batting two twenty six. But we know that he's a home run magnet. But that's the point. They have a lot of money. They're paying a lot of money to a lot of guys that aren't contributing. And of course, Edwin Diaz is out for the year, which has hurt their bullpen. But they're seven under. It feels like firing Showalter is inevitable. That's the yeah, next move, believe. obviously. So I see that happening probably in the next couple of weeks or maybe a month or two if they do not turn it around. But at some point in July, probably before the All-Star break, I expect Showalter to get fired. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Um, you laid it out perfectly. I mean, the uh, the GM and the uh, owner was saying they didn't want to blow up the team. So, I mean, that just goes to show you that what's next up is, you know, fire the whole staff and get you some new guys in there and see if you'll get a – uh, just like the Phillies did last year, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, once again, I was kind of just speaking out loud, saying the idea of blowing it up. They're not going to do that. I was just kind of saying what I think they maybe should do. They're not going to, but I do think firing Showalter is pretty much a foregone conclusion unless the Mets go on a run in the next couple of weeks, especially with how good the Braves have been and how the Marlins have been good, and you're looking at that, at that division. It's yeah, not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really tough they can division. Kiss the division goodbye. They can kiss the division goodbye. Pretty much. But either way, uh, it's kind of my main takeaways for the weekend. Uh, I know Judge is once again going to be out indefinitely, maybe for the rest of the year. Nice series win for the Yankees. Long term, they might be screwed. But nice job of rallying in that eighth inning against the Rangers today. Anyway, time to actually get into the Monday card. It is going to be once again a small card, so it should be a short episode. But starting off with a matchup between the fun Reds taking on the Orioles. Should be a fun series. You have Williamson taking on Irvin. Orioles are around minus 140 on the money line. Over-unders at 9.5. Uh, Irvin's pitching for Baltimore, 1-3 record, 7.71 ERA. Williamson's pitching for the Reds, 1-0, 5.4 ERA. Delonte, I'm going to start with you. There's one play that I really like in this game, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, man, um, you know, we talked about the Cincinnati Atlanta series. Uh, they, you know, suffered a couple of one run losses uh, in that streak, but they still played really good baseball. I thought um, Baltimore took two of three in the series with Seattle. Offense was a bit 
it's been a bit up and down, but uh, they still managed to you know bounce back and, and be resilient and win two straight after losing. I think it was twelve or thirteen to one in game one of that series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think so. But anyway, they bounced back. Uh, Cincinnati twenty and seventeen on the road, ball twenty three and fourteen at home. Uh, I like I like the dog here, man. Um, I really don't like either pitcher, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Williamson's been decent, but you know I don't really trust his stuff against good offenses. Um, yeah, he's had three earned runs or less in three of his last four games, um, so not horrible. Uh, what I do like the most is the over. Um, I think both pitchers, you know, a bit erratic at times. Uh, both sides should be able to take advantage of you know each other's uh, def- each other's offense. Um, eight of the last ten for both teams have went over. Um, Cincinnati on the road is an over team as well. Fifty nine percent of the games have gone over. Um, so I, I lean to the Reds as a dog, but I really really like the over in this game, and I think they'll I, I think there'll be a lot of runs here. Yeah, it's kind of going to tie into my favorite play. I really like the Reds team total over in this game. Like you're looking at the Reds at around plus uh, 120 and change, give or take, and the total in this game is 9.5, which means you're looking at the Reds team total being at 4.5. And, and with yep. how good this offense has been, that's too low. The win should also support the over, according to the weather report tomorrow. Should be around an 11% increase in runs and a 23% increase in home runs, according to Ballpark Pal. So the weather should result in an over or more a higher opportunity for runs. But when you're looking at Irvin, who's been a mess this entire season, and his ERA at home is 6.43, ERA on the road's not good either. He's been, a, he's been really bad. He had a couple of moments in Oakland in his career where he was relatively good, but with Baltimore, it simply put, has not worked out. And for that reason, with a guaranteed nine of bats, I got to go with the Reds team total over in this game. Four and a half just feels too low for a team that's been raking. I'm going with the right. over for the Reds team total. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can agree more. Uh, I think both sides can, can score five plus here. And I just want to correct myself. Six of the last ten for both teams, not eight, have went over. Six of the last ten. Okay. Either way, you have anything else you want to add for this? Or you want to move on to the next? No, nah, man. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple. I think this is going to be a a, a really competitive series. So I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Um, if you like the Reds and don't want to, I mean, I mean, if you want to, you know, get some insurance on the run line. Um, well, that's why I said the team total because if they're going to cover the run yeah. line, they're probably going to score five plus. Right. Runs. Right. And they typically perform well as an underdog, um, especially on the road. I mean, especially on the run line. They are 37 and 19 on the run line. Um, this year, yeah, so. maybe first five if you want to back Williamson alone, because even with the Reds' recent yeah. performance, they are still really bad with the bullpen. <laughs> the they bullpen are. is they really are. just not good. As so, we saw in that, in that Brave series. <laughs> yeah, which isn't a shock. Once again, I'm not going to roast them for losing two yeah. out of three to Atlanta. Yeah. Even though Tampa has the best record in the league, I personally think Atlanta is the best team in the league. The offensive yeah. firepower yeah. Atlanta has is just stupid. Like, I, think, mm-hmm. I think personally mm-hmm. they would beat the Rays in a series. If I had to pick a four out of seven winner, I would take Atlanta. I don't know about you, but losing two out of three in hard-working fashion. I'd max bet Atlanta. I'd max bet Atlanta, absolutely. Yeah, so the point is losing two out of three by one run against arguably the best team in the league. There's no shame in that, but the pitching has been a mess, so I am going to go with the over. But anyway, moving into the next game, you have a matchup between the Brewers and the Mets. Mets are around minus 190, and the over-under is at 8.5. You have Rhea pitching for the Brewers, three and four record, four point eight eight ERA. Verlander's pitching for the Mets, two and four record, four point five ERA. Has been better lately since coming back off the IL. Uh, I'm going to ask you a simple question, Delonte. Even though I understand Verlander's much better than Rhea, do you want to lay one ninety with the Mets? What's your plan for this game? 
Absolutely not. I do not want to lay 190. Uh, I don't want to bet either side of this game, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I like the, the total um, a, a lot better. But just to answer your original question, if I had to play it, like, sidewise, I, I lean to the mix first five. Um, it, like, anything sidewise, uh, I, w- I wouldn't mess with anything. What about you? That's the exact same play I was looking at. I was going to be <laughs> Mets' first five run line. Verlander's yep, home definitely. numbers have been better than his road numbers by a decent margin. 3.24 year mm-hmm. at home, 5.67 year on the road. But to read off the last couple of home starts that Verlander's made, he seems to have turned a corner in City Field. So he faced off against the Yankees on the 14th, six innings, one run. Faced off against the Blue Jays at home, six innings, one run. Faced off against the uh, Guardians, eight innings, one run. Faced off against the Rays, five innings, six runs. So the Rays killed them. But, but the three starts after, he's given up one earned run in each of the last three home starts. So Verlander's mm-hmm. turned a corner at City Field. I do not like Rhea at all. And we saw the Mets' bullpen blow the game against Philly on Sunday. But they were winning. So offensively, they should be okay. Alonzo's back in the lineup. I know he got hit by a pitch in the ninth inning, but I believe he's fine. The point is, I'm going to go with the Mets' first five run line. I'm really anti-Rhea. I do think Milwaukee could come back in this game, maybe if you want a live line, because Milwaukee's bullpen is pretty good and the Mets' bullpen is not. But I do think if you're looking at some value, Mets' first five run line would be the only play to look for. Maybe Verlander strikeouts if you want to go for a prop, but I can't trust Mm -hmm. this bullpen at all. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. But like I said, I like the under eight uh, a lot more. You can get plus money on that if you shop around. Um, 64 of the Mets' home games have went under. Uh, 58% of the Brewers' road games have uh, also went under. And the Brewers' uh, game. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're just atrocious offensively. Uh, Mets went under two of the last uh, three in Philly, and Milwaukee went under uh, only once versus Cleveland. But they had a late home run, which screwed me in game one on, on that uh, under. It was seven and a half. I think um, – I can't remember his name. Maybe it was uh, Adonis, Willie Adonis. Hit a, hit I know a, he hit a moonshot uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, that was that was probably uh, to end it to my under. I had seven and a half. That put it at eight, seven, one. Um, and their most recent game, you know, it snuck over also. So I mean, offensively, I don't. I'm not scared of, of either teams in massively erupting or anything. Um, I can see, you know, Rhea has been inconsistent, but I don't think the Mets having the firepower to score, you know, seven runs uh, off of him. So I, I like the under here. Milwaukee um, did sweep. Uh, Mets back in April, but again, uh, two different teams right now um, versus back versus again. All of those games went over, uh, mostly lopsided score wise. I think 10 0 and 11 0 for Milwaukee. Yeah. So they did a lot of the, a bulk of the scoring. But uh, yeah, I like the under man a, a ton. Uh, you you touched on Verlander. I won't I won't recant, I won't recant his numbers, but he's been better at home, bit inconsistent as a whole, but really good at home. So uh, I like the under here. Yeah, uh, but besides that, though, uh, I think it is time before we get into the rest of the card, talk about one of our sponsors, which is Bird Dog Shorts. Now, Bird Dog Shorts is changing the game when it comes to shorts because they use a very unique khaki fabric that's designed to fit slimmer. And it's going to, of course, feel very comfortable. And when you're looking at the way that they compare to regular shorts that are made from a stiff, restricting cotton, the way to go is definitely bird dog shorts because they make you feel very comfortable and they also look very good. On top of that, they also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Very important during the summer days. But... Also, to talk about the deal that we have for you with Bird Dogs, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler 
with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool. For a free Yeti-style tumbler, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through a couple of games on the Monday card. Now it's time to keep rolling as we have a matchup between the Twins and the Braves. You have Sonny Gray traveling to Atlanta to face off against Spencer Strider. Gray this season has been solid, 4-1 record, 2.56 ERA. Strider is 8-2 with a 3.93 ERA. Braves a massive favorite here at minus 190, and the over-under in this game is at 8.5. Strider we know is really good, but recently not so much, and Sonny Gray seems to have hit a wall. Last couple starts, Gray has struggled with his command, walking a lot of guys, and on top of that, he also has not gone really much length, and he's allowed a lot of guys on base. So for me personally, to go quickly, a a warning though, there is some lightning rumors, so you might see this game rained out, so keep an eye out, uh, out for it. But I am looking at Atlanta, potentially on the run line, maybe looking at the team total over But I really think Sonny Gray is overvalued here. I understand his overall season numbers are good. His home numbers are a lot better than his road numbers. But to read off the Sonny Gray starts recently, last couple of starts, five innings, one run, four innings, two runs, five innings, three runs. So he's pitching okay, but he's giving no length. And he's walked at least two guys in each of the last three starts. I really can't go against Atlanta's offense. This team is just a bunch of savages in the box. Shout out to Aaron Boone. And I'm going to go with the over here. I just think that Atlanta is a freight train and Gray is about to walk onto the train tracks. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, man. I love the Braves uh, The Braves in the spot, averaging 6.6 runs on the road in the last five games. Um, they'll be back home where they're dominant, 24 and 15. They are they scored so six good. Pl- right. They scored six plus runs in eight of their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, st- my favorite stat with Atlanta is uh, they're 42 and 22 as a favorite. Just goes to show you they handle business when, when they're supposed to. Uh, you know, for the majority of the time. I'm not a big believer in Twins. I'm pretty sure uh, you aren't either, um, no. especially their offense. And not against Strider, who who gave up eight runs in his last home start. So I'm pretty sure he'll be looking to bounce back and, and have a dominant performance. But out eight earned runs in his last home start, uh, he's allowed two earned runs, fewer in four of his six, four of the six previous starts. And he had three earned runs in the other two. So ha- has been pretty dialed in. Uh, I'm not overthinking it at all. I agree with you 100%. I'll take the Braves team total over. Uh, I'd lay the one and a half on the run line at plus money also. I, I wouldn't hate putting um, the Braves in a parlay with Texas. I know we're going to talk about Texas coming up, but I-, I think that's a pretty good bit also. Yeah, for me, I think I'm going to look for Gray over and earned runs in the start. I wanted to make an argument maybe for the under and outs. But the problem that I have is the fact that Minnesota did burn a lot of the bullpen in the extra inning game against Detroit on Sunday. So you can make an argument that Gray might be forced to have a longer leash because they had to burn so many relievers over pitch six innings. But to go through the actual bullpen, they used five relievers in that game. So I'm not sure who's available. They used Durham in the extras. They used Jax, who pitched an inning. Stewart pitched an inning as well. Shout out to Stork, by the way, 0.7 ERA, just been really good. Uh, but they've used a yeah, lot of guys in the bullpen. So I think you might be looking at a case where even if Gray doesn't have it, they might force him to wear it a little bit and Braves might get to him early. Give me the sunny Gray over and earned runs. I agree with you, though. I like the Braves run line. I think when you're looking at taking, in my opinion, the best team in the league at plus money, plus 105, and the Twins have a losing record on the road and their yeah. bullpen might be a bit shorthanded, Getting plus money with the Braves at this point seems like a, a deal you have to take. I'm with you on the Braves' run line of plus 105. 
yeah, one of my strongest plays uh, on, on the card. Yeah, but moving on to the actual next game that we're going to talk about in the betting slate. You have a matchup between the Tigers and the Rangers. I know you alluded to the Rangers in a second, so here they are. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Boyd taking on Heaney. The Rangers are a big favorite, minus 200, which you might think is actually a bit low because it's the Rangers, so you figured they might be 250. But the Tigers are plus 170 the other way. The over-unders at 9, juice to the over at around minus 120. And the run line, the Rangers minus 1.5 is even money. The Tigers uh, plus 1.5 is minus 120. I mentioned the Twins won an extra rating game against the Tigers on a Sunday by a score of 6-3, to three, which means Detroit also had to use a lot of its bullpen in mm -hmm. that game. But Boyd this season, 5-5, five 5.37 five, 5 ERA. Heaney, 5-4, 3 3.98 ERA. Texas' best offense or one of the best offenses in the league at home, but they kind of fell asleep a bit against the Yankees over the weekend. What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I couldn't agree. Uh, as far as the, the bullpen, actually, that, that was a big uh, part of my handicap because Texas doesn't have a good bullpen either. I think they would probably have yeah. a record if they had some bullpen help. Um Texas did win the series uh, two to one back in May, outscoring Detroit seventeen to nine. Um, both teams have won six out of the last ten. A lesser competition for Detroit. I mean, they faced uh, Minnesota and KC in back to back series, whereas Texas played. You know, we mentioned the Yankees and then Toronto in two of the three series that they had uh, over the past week and a half. Um, I mean, at home, and you mentioned it, Texas twenty four and thirteen, and they hit the cover off the ball um, when they're at home. Uh, Boyd, he was roughed up. Yeah, he was roughed up against. Um, Texas's offense uh, at home, uh, five earned runs and in six innings uh, pitched. He's given up four plus in uh, four of his and three of his last five starts. Uh, he pitches well against you know bad offenses like KC. Uh, he had success against Kansas City and um, the White Sox, but he struggled when he was up in class. Arizona, Baltimore are, are two teams that come to mind that he didn't pitch well against. Uh, Haney, man, I mean, I'm not a huge Haney guy. Uh, yeah, but because he's a Yankees well. fan, he sucked. <laughs> right, right. And that's why we so, don't like uh, Heaney. It's because we're biased as Yankees fans. He was really bad. Look, man, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it. So I'm I'll, I'll it say it. Like the Dodgers revived <laughs> his entire career. He was terrible with the Yankees. Right. So I mean, isn't everybody? And then they go somewhere else and and they hit. Shout the out to Aaron Hicks. Or, or pitch it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. My, no, that was my next person. Uh, two earned runs or fewer for Haney in five of his last seven starts. Three earned runs um, or fewer in his last eight starts. So. Um, solid. I'll take the better pitcher on the mound. Um, it's a dominant home team like Texas on the run line here. Uh, might look at a Detroit team total under, but again, you got to tread lightly with the with the team total unders for uh, Texas's opposition because of their bad bullpen. So if Haney can give us, you know, six, uh, six and two thirds, maybe seven, I'll feel even better about it. But if he can only go five. Uh, I, I feel worse about it, but I do feel good about that Texas Atlanta parlay, uh, money line parlay. But give me Texas here on the run line also. Yeah. Uh, so to look at something that I'm tempted by, Boyd has actually been decent his last couple outings, but I want to mention his numbers against Texas's active uh, batters. So Boyd, decent amount of actual plate appearances, roughly 88, give or take plate appearances. And Texas does have a 268 batting average, which is decent. However, Texas's on base percentage in those seven in those eighty-eight at bats, four oh nine, and he's walked seventeen guys. So I'm looking at the Boyd walk prop in this game. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities for the Rangers to get on base via the walk. And there's one guy in particular that I will be betting for a player prop to go over uh, probably half a walk. It's going to be Robbie Grossman. 
which sounds very random, but I want to read off his career numbers against Boyd, which are pretty funny just to look at. So a lot of plate appearances, 39 plate appearances, 276 batting average, a 475 on base percentage. In 39 plate appearances, Robbie Grossman has walked 10 times against Matt Boyd. 10 times in 39 plate appearances. I'll take the over half a walk on Grossman. Yeah. I'm that's player. my player prop sneak angle there, because that's something that's worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's so obscure that I, I kind of love it, so I'm just going to give that out. But Boyd's been okay. Heaney's been okay, too. If you want to get really, really sneaky with it, maybe Tiger's team total over. If you think Heaney's going to struggle and maybe you want to fade the Rangers' bullpen again, you can argue the, Ranger, the Rangers might give up four runs in this game. Heaney recently has been good, though. Uh, so, for the most part, he has had some issues with length every now and then. When five and two third against the White Sox last start, two starts he, ago he ended up going three and two thirds. One run against the Angels, bit odd there. Uh, five innings, four runs against the Rays. Three innings, three runs against the Mariners. So maybe Tigers team total over. I hate the Tigers offense though. But my favorite prop on that one will probably be Matt Boyd walks over or Robbie Grossman walks. 10 walks and 39 plate appearances, that's just worth it blindly and what could be plus money. Yeah, I'll definitely take a, I'll take a look at that also. Definitely. Yeah, uh, but moving on to the next game here, the second to last game on the card. You have a matchup between the White Sox and the Angels. You have Cease taking on Detmers. The Angels are minus 135. The White Sox are plus 115. The over-unders at 8.5, minus 110 on both sides. The Angels minus 1.5 is plus 145. White Sox... Uh, plus one and a half. Sorry, the Angels minus one and a half is plus one forty-five. The White Sox plus one and a half is minus one seventy. The Angels won a game over the weekend by the score of twenty-five to one, <laughs> and they still lost the series. That's impressive, <laughs> isn't it? Lost Dude. the series despite out gaining or out uh, running the Rockies by double digits. They lost the series and won a game by twenty-four runs. Congratulations. Congratulations, Angels. I'm proud of you. But anyway, for the sake of this game, Detmers, I personally do not like. Cease has had a down year, still a good pitcher. Having said that, the White Sox are a mess, but I really don't want to lay 135 with the Angels with Detmers on the mound. I think I have to go with the White Sox first five if I had to pick a spot. I hate the White Sox. This team sucks. But for the value, if you want to give me plus 115, with Cease, sure. Once again, the Angels lost a series to the Rockies, and that team's a, a disaster. I'm going to lean to the White Sox. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, you basically uh, took my handicap word. I don't trust either team. Uh, I do like Cease, uh, but don't like the, the White Sox offense. Uh, I like the Halos at home where they're 20 and 16, but I can't trust Detmers or them to be consistent as a whole, um, sees two run runs or less in five of his last six against solid offenses in that in that span. Uh, pitch well against the Dodgers, pitch well against Texas. Um, only two struggled against, against both those teams. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. struggled against uh, Casey on the road, but you know he's been solid after and, and before those. Um, yeah, I lean to the first five. Uh, if anything, I'll be on the White Sox. I, I can't play the Angels after uh, after seeing that series. I mean. I'll probably pass altogether, but I'll definitely be on some cease props and, and likely the first five, maybe not the full game, because um, I don't trust the White Sox bullpen either. 
Yeah, Cease struck out at least nine guys in each of the last two yep. starts against the Dodgers and the Rangers, two very good offenses. But uh, Cease has allowed less than three earned in each of his last four starts. I don't like either team. Once again, the Angels, I think, are going to find a way to miss the playoffs because it's what they always do. Trout's probably going to get hurt at some point. But still, I got to take the White Sox and the first five because at least I know what Cease can do for an upside. I don't think Detmers is good. I think he's one of those guys that had the random trivia question answer. We're going to look back at it and go, who's that Angels guy who threw a no-hitter like five years ago? And it's like, oh, it was Detmers who did nothing the rest of his career. I don't think he's very good, just simply put. So I'm going to go with the White Sox in the first five at uh, probably a small uh, plus price, maybe even money, minus maybe uh, plus 105. But still, give me the White Sox first five. Uh, I'm just going to fade Detmers, and hopefully the White Sox don't. They can blow it later on in the game, but not in the first five. But moving on to the last game on the card, you have a matchup between the Nationals and the Mariners. Castillo is pitching against the uh, Nationals with Williams. The Mariners are minus 260 on the money line. The Nationals are plus 220. As for the over-under, eight is the number. Under is minus 115. Over is minus 105. The Mariners in the run line is minus 125. The Nationals plus one and a half is plus 105. Williams, of course, been around for a while. Not the greatest pitcher, but he was pretty good in his last outing. Castillo, we know, is still very good. Mariners, though, have been a bit underwhelming this season compared to expectations as they are two games under 500. I'll let you go first. Mariners four games over at home. Nationals three under on the road which is kind of funny because that means the Nationals are 14 under it, or sorry, uh, 10 under at home. But I'm going <laughs> right. to let you go first. Do you think the Mariners should be minus 260? Because I think personally that number is way too high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't trust Seattle as, as big of a favorite. I know Castillo's been um, much better at home, but you know overall he's been pretty like mediocre. Uh, and Seattle, they played Baltimore tough, but couldn't finish in, in game scenarios. Uh, you mentioned Williams. He had three earned runs or less in six of his last eight starts. He he pitched well on the road against Atlanta and, and um and the Dodgers runs against the Cardinals uh, last time out. Yeah, two earned two earned runs combined against um against both of those offenses. Yeah. And Castillo at home um has had two shutouts in his last three home and two earned runs in the other game. Um, but I think to the next year, uh, I think two seventy is is ridiculous. Um. Likely to play the first five. Also, I think Washington is more. I think they had more success early on than getting to the back end of that that bullpen. So give me Washington at that plus price. Um, also, look at it under. Um, Washington doesn't really score runs the road. So uh, dog and under is, is what I'm going with here. Yeah, for me, I think for the value alone, I got to lean to Washington. Yeah, if Seattle know. wins this game, I wouldn't be shocked. Once against Luis Castillo, we're talking about. But still, Castillo hasn't really gone much length. He's gone to less than six innings in each of his last two starts. And even if he pitches well, he has given up some home runs. He's given up at least one home run in each of the last three starts, given up, at le- uh, given up two home runs in two of his last three starts. So he might give up a long ball or two, and Williams did pitch well last time out. So I think there is some value on Washington. If you want to argue maybe an under, if you have faith in Williams, or maybe you just don't trust either offense. But for the sake of this game... I'm not laying 260. I really don't mind the Nationals plus one and a half at plus 105 because Seattle might not bat in the ninth inning. So you might be saving oh, half an inning there for you. Definitely. I like, like the Nationals definitely. plus one and a half here. Seattle's probably going to win. But in reality, I can't lay 260 with a team below 500. That's just insane to me. Couldn't agree more. Could not yep. agree more. 
But that's going to wrap it up for this actual uh, card, uh, previewing each individual game. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog picks. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and they have their Best Ball Mania 4, which is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. That's a decent MLB contract right there. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over Underdog, and it's active in so many states. Hopefully, if you are a member of Underdog, you bet on pretty much every Florida Gator over today because they scored 20-plus runs. But if you want to get in on the action, head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the Monday card, a very short card, which is why it's a pretty short episode. But Delonte, I'm going to let you go first. It is time for the lock and dog picks, our favorite picks from the card. What are you going to go with for your lock? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Mets Brewers under eight. That's at plus money. Um, If you shop around, you can get plus money on the eight. Uh, I think both offenses are are struggling coming in. Uh, Verlander should be able to shut down an already putrid uh, Milwaukee offense. Um, I do have my my concerns about uh, Raya, but I do have more concerns about the Mets bat. So I think all that adds up to an under. I can see it at three type of game, four three uh, type of game. Either way, b- both of those scenarios gets us under this eight and at plus money. Uh, I think it's a really good, really really good bet. Um, Verlander should be should bounce back at home and, and pitch well. So he he's bounced back in all of his home games. So uh, I like the under there. Um, as for the dog, man, I'm going to keep it really simple and go with the Braves um, laying the run and a half at plus money. I mean, we went over it at Lentz. I won't even, be, I won't even um, beat it into the ground, but Atlanta at home is unreal. Minnesota is a complete fade team for me. Uh, Strider on the mound. I, I think it could get ugly. I think we can see, you know, a, a 9-10 run um, win by, by Atlanta. Here. Not win, but I think a 9-10 run uh, game by Atlanta here, so yeah. yeah. So uh, give me Atlanta on the run line minus one and a half. I think that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my lock is going to go back to the first game we talked about. I'm going to take the Reds team total over four and a half. Simply put, Cole Irvin. I know he had some moments in Oakland, but he has been a mess with Baltimore. And I do think that with Cincinnati, even when they've lost games, it's because of the pitching. They score a bunch of runs all the time. They're getting a guaranteed nine of bats. I mentioned the weather report before. Should be beneficial towards the over. But to go through the actual numbers here for the Reds offensively, these are the runs scored by the Reds. Six runs, six runs, 11 runs, five runs, eight runs, five runs, nine runs, 10 runs. So they've scored at least five runs in each of their last eight games, and they're against Cole Irvin, who's got an ERA north of seven. I'm going with the over for the Reds team total. They might win the game, but at the end of the day, I do think you're going to end up seeing a spot where maybe both pitchers struggle. I'm not going to say it's the exact same situation as the Braves-Red Series, but I'd rather back the offenses than any pitcher at all on the mound. So give me the Reds team total over four and a half for this game as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to take the exact same play you took. I'm going to go with the Braves run line at plus 105. It's a bargain. The Braves, in my opinion, are the best team in the league. I know record-wise you could argue Tampa, but I think that Atlanta has more talent. Strider was not good last time out, but I know how good he is as a pitcher. Minnesota's been a mess on the road. Gray has really not been that good uh, the last couple of starts. I actually faded him his last start against Boston. That actually worked out as the Red Sox got over their team total. But I do think when you're looking at getting the Braves at home, at a plus-money play, 
against a team with a losing record in general and a losing record on the road, I think it's a bargain. I feel like the odds makers are still giving Gray too much credit and they're not accounting enough for his recent struggles over the last couple starts. So I'm going to fade Gray. I'm going to fade the Minnesota bullpen. I'm going to join you. Uh, we're going to double dog the yeah. Braves of minus one and a half at plus 105. That's going to wrap it up, though, for this episode of the MLB Gambling Podcast. Delonte, let the people know where they can find you and let them know uh, any other takeaways or something you want to share. Uh, yeah, man. XX, uh, L O N T E X X on Twitter. Uh, you can find me there. That's pretty much where I'm it's down at. Below uh, on the ticker. You're watching <laughs> yeah, on you. Got the. Got the picks page um, up, so you know in case we add some late plays that we you know didn't give out here or whatever. Be on the picks page. Um, guy in the chat says, uh, "You sound like Ben Shapiro. You ever heard that before?" It's because I talk fast. It's not actually because of the vol. It's not because of the volume. It's because I just talk pretty fast. I'm gonna take it as a compliment, I guess, yeah. even uh, though most uh, people wouldn't because I can't. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and we're both Jewish, so I guess that counts for something, you know. But whatever. Yeah, I didn't know you were Jewish. That's great. Yeah, I I, I hide it very yeah, man, well. I'm, I'm like Paul Rudd. I hide it pretty well. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else you want to add? Or that's that's basically. Yeah, man. Nah, that's it, man. I hope everybody uh, caps off the good weekend. Uh, it's not much baseball. I don't even know why they don't push some of those games back. Like as far as like at least half of them in the night slate, and then you know half in the in the afternoon. I think that would work out a lot better, but. I mean, whatever, whatever. Yeah, uh, but either way, uh, looking forward to the rest of the week. As for the MLB schedule, to be honest, I don't know who's hosting what show, but there will be a show every day. So stay tuned, usually at 5 p.m. Eastern. So keep an eye out for that. Find me on Twitter, at Rice Show Radio. Besides that, you can find me on a bunch of podcasts. I actually just recorded the tennis podcast before we went live here. So I got a tennis podcast coming up, uh, which should be posted within the hour. I uh, got the MLB show, obviously, the NBA show. We should be doing a couple episodes at some point. I'm not exactly sure when. I know Delonte is going to be our insider for the Summer League, so I'm looking forward to <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, hearing about some players from his perspective. But besides that, WNBA show with Terrell, NFL show with Terrell. Get the point. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.